Sean McCabe, welcome back to the podcast, dude. Hey, Aaron, how's it going? <laughs> well, it's it's been quite a year. We don't have to get into that, but I'm good at the moment. Uh, how are things going with you? Good, yeah, it has been a year for sure. So, I mean, four years ago, I planned to take off 2020 as a sabbatical. We we're going to move out, you know, no car, no house, just travel the world, nothing Wonderful. but a backpack, and then the pandemic hit. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah, so uh, we, we ended up in Boise, Idaho for a couple months, just staying in a Airbnb, and we loved it so, mu- so much, we decided, you know what, let's let's just settle down here. It's not like we're going to be traveling the world anytime soon. So uh, yeah, we're moving here in July. Well, that's awesome. And hopefully I'll, I'll get to come visit soon. The last time, so so we haven't done an episode of, of the show together since, uh, oh, I have the date pulled up for the original. You Isn't were on episode number one. It was 2015. So April 27th, 2015 is when we published the first episode of this show called How to Start a Podcast. We talked for, uh, what was it, like an hour, two hours uh, about starting a podcast. And, you know, I, I realized recently that we, we, we hadn't talked and I wanted to bring you back on to, to talk more about what you've been up to, but then also about like what you're doing in podcasting these days and how your, uh, you know, how your recording setup has changed and, and just how your approach to podcasting has changed. But yeah, let me see the last the last time we spoke. It was it was episode five, how to supercharge your podcast, June first, twenty fifteen. Oh wow, that was wow, that was five years ago, almost exactly. <sighs> time flies, doesn't it? It does, <laughs> man. I still think it's a great time to start a podcast. Oh yes, yes. In fact, lots of people have been starting podcasts lately uh, because everyone has been having to stay home. You know, back in 2015, you could go anywhere you wanted to. You could go, you could go hang out in huge groups of people, go to concerts. You remember those? It's, it's so, it's so strange. I mean, we'll tell, we'll tell our kids about it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we, we will for sure. Um, so you're so you're up in Boise now. I am for the moment. I'm in Los Angeles. I, I moved here for a job recently, but I think I'm actually going to be moving back to to Texas. Uh, we don't have to get into that right now. Although I'm I'm going to try to write about it more on my blog uh, coming up. Um, yeah, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about your current podcast production setup. When you when we started recording, you had a very very fancy studio setup. You had Sure SM7Bs. You had uh, you had what was a DBX two eighty sixes. You had all this processing, uh, but you've changed changed your setup recently. So tell me more about this kind of. It seems like you have a more mobile setup now. I just have this wistful look on my face. I miss that setup <laughs> so much. I loved that studio. I still That's have great. the gear though. I um, mm-hmm. I put the gear in storage. I was doing this nomadic travel year, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to limit myself to iOS devices only. I don't don't even have a, a Mac with me, no no MacBook, just iOS devices. Let me see what I can do with this, what what I can create with it. And so that's that's what I've got. I've got an iPad here and I've got an iPhone. And you are you're listening to me on a Rode SmartLav. And that's mm. going into Rode's SC6L uh lightning interface, which is pretty cool. You can plug in two microphones, you can plug in headphones as well to monitor yourself. Um, it's, it's pretty nice. It's just a little adapter here. You don't even need that. I mean, you could just have a lightning to 3.5 millimeter adapter, but 
that's that's what you're hearing. I'm I'm running a Ferrite, which is an iOS app to record, and that actually has some really great processing in it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you come across this one, Aaron. Uh, Bruce Free. Have you heard of this app? This Bruce Free. Yes. So this is B R U S F R I, and this is actually a noise removal plugin. It runs as a standalone app, but if you say you say like you use Ferrite or whatever, it actually mm-hmm. shows up in Ferrite as nice. one of the effects. And so you can actually, even if you didn't have a lavalier mic, you're just you just using your iPhone. Let's say. And this is actually what I had my wife do because she started a podcast recently. I was helping her set this up, literally only using her iPhone. But we do just a little bit of adjustment in Ferrite. And with Bruce Free, you remove all of that room noise that you normally get from an iPhone. It actually mm-hmm. sounds really good. So I've been surprised at what I've been able to accomplish just with mobile devices. Yeah, no, the, the technology has gotten better for sure. I, you know, I think I, I might have talked about it before at some point. Like around the iPhone Seven, I think I was I was listening to recordings I was making with it with just the built-in microphone. I was like, "Wow, this this actually sounds really good. This is a surprisingly great microphone in this uh, in this little phone." So it's it's really amazing that that we're you know everyone everyone or most people have access to this technology now. You don't have to have an expensive microphone. It's they are nice to have. I think what I'm going to start telling people is get the best microphone that you can. Yeah, like, and if and if you if for some reason you can't afford a three hundred four hundred dollar microphone, that's totally fine. Um, yeah, so so tell me tell me a little bit more how how has your approach to to podcasting changed over the past three or four years? Because for me personally, I just haven't been doing it as much, and that's no one's fault but my own. <laughs> um, but I'm still kind of doing the same the same format as I used to write like interviews, or I'll sit down and I'll write out a whole episode. Has has your approach to podcasting changed or has, you know, how you think about it changed? Okay. So for context, yeah. during my sabbatical year, which is 2020, I've decided that, you know, I don't want to have the obligation of recording every week on a schedule because I want to have that freedom to do whatever I want on my sabbatical. But if mm-hmm. I feel like recording something, I can do that using my phone or whatever. Um, but so since the whole pandemic thing happened and it looks like we're going to settle back down and I'm going to set up my studio again, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, okay, I'm really excited about that. (laughs) Like I've just missed my SM7B so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as far as like how I approach the podcast, like mentally, I would Mm -hmm. say it's still the same. I, I, I prepare an outline beforehand. I show up, I try to, I try to answer questions for people, you know, and I'm documenting my journey as well. So it's kind of for me to look back on. And if someone else learns something from that journey, that's cool too. Um, but I, I look at my own behavior and I look at other people's behavior and I still see people listening to podcasts. I, I'm still subscribed to podcasts for years and years. They keep putting out episodes. Mm-hmm. I keep listening to them. And so, you know, some people say vi- video is taking over and most people are on social media, but, you know, podcasts are steadily growing. They're, it, it, it's never been this like, you know, overnight thing, but it's just steadily growing, 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 growing more and more people listening to podcasts. So I I don't want to stop, even though I've slowed down a little bit on my sabbatical, I'm, I'm ready. Like I'm ready to come back to it and with the same, you know, vigor and record mm-hmm. shows. For me, the thing I keep coming back to, I, I really just miss having conversations like this yeah. where, 
you, you sit down and you talk to somebody about something that you care about and you have like maybe you have some regular people that uh, you have on the show, like how we used to oh, do that's at, fun at the Sean West Network. Yeah. You know, it's like you get you, you, you get you get Sean on sometimes. You it's talk like to, a cross between uh, like a co-hosted show, but an interview show. It's like it's it's not a new guest every single time necessarily, but it's also not the same co-host every time. It's like you got a group of got a group of people you kind of cycle through. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's like there, and 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 that's not. There's there's no one best format, right? That's just that happens to be the format that I really enjoy as a listener. And, and know, I, I want to encourage that because, like, mm-hmm. I felt when I was getting into podcasting 2013, I really felt this pressure to do an interview show. I think you you probably remember back in that time, that era, yeah. everyone was doing an interview show, or I sh- I should say, everyone wasn't doing an interview show because everyone wasn't doing podcasts as much back then, but the people who were like, like the podcasts that were out there that were growing and stuff, they were interview shows. So it seemed like lots of podcasts were doing interviews and I felt this pressure to do an interview show. And, and that just wasn't the format that I was interested in. I like listening to interviews, but like I wanted to let someone else do that. And I just wanted to have one co-host and just every week we show up and we have a conversation about a topic, you know, me, you know, Aaron, and then let's just talk about the topic. And so I just kind of leaned into that format. And a lot of people have asked, like, you know, why don't you bring on people and guests and stuff? And I'm like, maybe I will someday, maybe the show evolves. But this is the kind of format that I really enjoy. So I would say, Aaron, if, if that's what you like, just do more of that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. And so this is like, this is the the start of that. Uh, I've had a, a couple other conversations that I have not published yet, just because of of you know time and priority constraints, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna roll with it. You know, be, I I've been thinking a lot about this lately. It's like everyone, so many people when they start, they want to know like what's the right way to do a podcast. What's the what do I have to do to be successful? And and so people say things like, oh, well, you got to do interview shows. You know, uh, you gotta uh, you gotta talk to different people. So so they and I've said this. I give this advice myself. Like if you want to grow your audience talk to other have other people on your show interview other people ask them to share or you know share it with their audience or they probably will share it with their audience if it was a good conversation that's one of the ways to grow a podcast but also one of the one of the beautiful things about podcasting is is kind of like the depth that you can get into and then just the just the the kind of the comfort of hearing people that you know and are familiar with and have been listening to for a while just have a conversation on a weekly basis like it's an it's an to me it provides such such value like such such comfort that i i you know i just i i love it and i want to i want to keep doing more of it so that's then that's kind of a tangent you you gotta love what you're talking about though you gotta love the show i mean the the best way to start is to start with something you enjoy that that Mm -hmm. you would do no matter what whether you have three listeners or 30 or 300 or thirty thousand. You enjoy the topic. You enjoy the conversations. You've got to be passionate about it, or otherwise, you know. I think you and I, Aaron, we had we had a conversation about uh, the episode twenty hurdle, which is like mm-hmm. you get to episode twenty and you're kind of like, man, why am I why am I doing this? You know, what am I even doing here? I'm not famous. Um, <laughs> not, <laughs> my downloads not making that up. sweet ad. Yeah, I'm not making that sweet ad money. Exactly. And you're like, why why am I even doing this? You, you've got to go in. First of all, being passionate about what you're talking about, but also 
understanding your why. I would encourage you, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I had Lacey do this because I'm coaching her through setting up her own podcast. That's that's my wife. And yeah. I said, you need to write for 20 minutes about why you're doing this podcast because this is going to be what you hold on to in the future. You want to know what what is my why? Why am I doing this podcast? That's going to keep you going. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about... I know I must have done this whenever I first started, but it, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're, we're now at the five year anniversary mark of this show. And it was so cool. Somebody, I want to give them a shout out. Um, somebody recently left me a review on Apple podcasts that said, wow, you know, you and Sean talked about, uh, showing up every day for, or showing up for two, two years before expecting results and how people are going to find the show in a couple of years. And he said, it's, it's now been five years and I'm, I, you know, I'm getting value out of the show. And That's that so incredible. cool. I want to, so, so thank, thank you. Uh, I hope, I hope whoever left that review is listening to this. Um, thank you for that. And I, I'm in, I'm going through a process right now myself of reconnecting with what, what, you know, the, the why behind why I started this podcast in the first place. And it's been, it's been an incredible journey and I've made mistakes. I've done, I know I've done a lot of things right, but I've, I've also made mistakes and uh, yeah, so I'm I'm hoping to kind of reconnect to 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 the, the just the 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 pure joy of podcasting. Uh, you know, for, forgetting about how am I going to make money with this? Forgetting about you know, am I going to get famous with this? Just like what, like why? What is it that first attracted me to podcasts, and how can I just participate and be a part of that? Yeah, writing is a great way to just get that you know, in stone, something you can hold on to, something you can look back on and remind yourself. Yeah. Just go back and read the episode notes for episode one, because it's probably in there. <laughs> that seems like a good place to start. Um, and I want to record, I want to, yeah, I want to, I want to revisit, I want to start revisiting the, the, the topics too, because I've learned so much over the past five years between starting this podcast and working with Simplecast. Um, and, and now working with Podcorn and just like all the all the different people I've talked to and worked with and tried to help. Yeah, for um, anyone who has a podcast, you've been going 50, 60, 120 episodes and you're like, man, I don't even know what to talk about. What, what, I'm running out of topic ideas. Just go back through your back catalog and start doing the same topics again because you're in a new place. You've learned new things. You've got new perspective, new insights it's going to be totally fresh. And and as kind of a joke, we have this episode we call Magic of Seven, which I did, you know, five, six <laughs> right. years ago. And yeah. every hundred episodes, we do the same episode again. We do the same title, but it's it's new every time. So I think we've done three or four uh, episodes called The Magic of Seven. Maybe we'll do seven of them. But just just go back and and record on the same topic you recorded a year ago. And I promise you, it's going to be fresh. Yeah. Well, and I realize that that there's a there's a bunch of people who might listen to this who have never heard your name before. Uh or or maybe I've never checked out your show. So where where should people go if they want to check out those episodes? Yeah, so Seanwest.com S E A N W E S dot com slash podcast. And we've got four or five hundred episodes from the past I guess going on seven years now. So yeah. that's that's for anyone who's you know, wanting to do something creative, wanting to, um, you know, could be freelancing, could be starting your own business, um, you know, selling products, digital, physical, online courses, 
all of that type of thing, helping you figure that out, the intersection of create creativity and business. Like how do I actually, how do I grow my audience? How do I sell stuff? How do I, um, you know, provide value to people and actually build a relationship to, to where like when I do travel the world someday and I end up in a city, people are excited to meet me and, and they give me a place to stay and they buy me a burger or whatever. Like that, yeah. that's the type of thing that we really care about that, that relationship marketing, something that feels authentic. Right. And, and, and man, so I, I've decided throughout all of this, um, my opinion now is the, the, the best reason to start a podcast is the relationships that you build. So let's talk about, um, I wanted to, I wanted to t- ask your, uh, ask your opinion about membership models for podcasts. So we're going to, going to kind of shift gears here a little bit, but have you been a paying, have you been paying attention to what's been going on with, uh, with John Gruber and Ben Thompson over at, uh, you know, the daring fireball and Stratechery respectively. So they, they launched a new podcast recently called dithering and, it's uh it's a paid podcast so it's it's uh is it five dollars a month i should have looked this up basically you pay you get the podcast it's 15 minutes three times a week you know we 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 tried something similar to this with the the sean west network in 20 was it 2016 mm-hmm. yeah and uh and it had a lot of difficulties so how do you have any thoughts or or, or just musings on the kind of this membership model for podcasts yeah. Yeah, so I have been paying attention. I am not um I am not at least yet a paying member of the of their dithering podcast, but it mm-hmm. does look interesting. I I think as far as how they're promoting it, it's really smart. They do the little overcast uh video clip on Twitter kind of giving you a sample of what's in this otherwise paid podcast. That's really good marketing. So giving a little bit away for free, but kind of zooming out on whether the membership model is the right model for you if you're podcasting. I'll tell you my experience and then kind of my thoughts overall on who who it's for. Mm-hmm. So in my case, um, with our podcast, you know, we'd been doing it three, four years at this point, and we'd put out hundreds of episodes. In my case, I don't have sponsors or um, advertisers on my show because I wanted to just have a way for people to sign up for a membership that would give them the opportunity to listen live, get some online courses and other things bundled with that. And so I wanted to just give people some valuable content on the podcast, not interrupt that experience with ads and just monetize through this optional way of uh, purchasing a membership. And, you know, we, we had some decent success with that. Certainly people signed up, but when you're looking at a show with millions of downloads, it kind of felt like, we should be able to get a little bit more out of this than what we currently are. And we're putting out this super valuable content. At the time, we had eight full-time people on the team. I mean, we were producing really high-quality shows, multi-cam video, you know, different hosts, and uh, we prepared a lot. We were doing two shows a week at the time. Um, Maybe we stepped down to one week somewhere in there, but we were illustrating custom images for every single one. Mm -hmm. We're animating stuff We're, you know, we put so much work into it. Every word was transcribed. We had these beautiful show notes. We put so much work into each episode, but, but we weren't actually making money from it because the only way we made money was telling people, Hey, if you want to tune in live, you want to get some online courses, you can go sign up for this membership. And 
that just wasn't, it wasn't converting as well, you know, for all the costs that we had. So my thought was, okay, maybe, maybe people enjoy this podcast, but they're not paying for it because they don't have to pay for it, right? So what if we just put out the latest, say, a couple episodes for free, maybe do a dozen total free episodes so people could get a sense of the show. Every latest episode would be free, but the 600 shows that we had would go in the membership vault. So if you wanted access to the podcast, you had to become a member to listen to it. And Aaron, this pretty much tanked uh, discoverability and shareability of the show. Yeah, People used to share, I was talking to Nathan Berry and, you know, we we're at this mastermind retreat and we we're talking about this. And he said, you know, I remember people used to share your podcast all the time. I would see it on Twitter. Yeah, Now they never do. And it's true. Like it, it has almost never happened in the three, four, five years since. I mean, a handful of podcast shares on Twitter which is really unfortunate, but it makes a lot of sense. Why would you link to, why would you link to a protected episode no one can listen to, and why would you link to a free episode, say the latest one was free, if it was about to go in the member vault? So in a week, your tweet is your your tweet is going to be outdated because it links to now a protected episode. So it completely tanked the shareability of the the podcast. So long story short. We ended up changing our business model. Uh, we put a lot of other premium courses that we sold separately into the membership vault. We made it a lot more valuable. We gave all the members like a bunch of years for free. Like we gave back over like a million dollars of membership credit to our existing members to reward their loyalty. And then we decided to put the podcasts back as public. So they were no longer behind a paywall. Now anyone could listen to the whole archive, the whole backlog for free. And what do you know? People started sharing it again. They started listening to it. The download numbers bounced back. Um, so my my overview of this, just based on my experience, is the paid podcast model can work if you're already big. And when I say big, I mean like Russell Brand, Joe Rogan, uh, uh, John Gruber big. And you can get a small percentage of people to buy in because you have this huge audience, but you also have this long, years-long track record. So you have a reputation. People know you for quality, and they're willing to pay. If if you're not known at that level, you're going to have a really hard time monetizing with a membership podcast model just because people don't know what to expect. Why should they pay for this thing from someone that they, they don't know, doesn't have a, a long track record or reputation? It's a big risk, and it's a big risk in a world of increasing amounts of high-quality content that's free. Right. And, 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 and I think you're right about a lot of that. And that you know, that's, that's been my experience and what I've seen, too. And that's why I wasn't, I wasn't optimistic about Luminary when they launched, because the idea was... You know, download this app, pay ten dollars or eleven dollars a month. Uh, I think it's down to like six or seven now, uh, and you get access to all these podcasts. Well, the problem with that is there's a lot of really excellent podcasts that are already free. So you have to have you have to have a uh, a show that is worth paying for that you, that you find valuable enough to 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 pay for this subscription. And then, as you mentioned, with what happened with with the Sean West Network, it Putting podcasts behind a paywall 
really or behind a membership really kills shareability. It really kills like people. People don't share it. People can't recommend it. Uh, they can't tell their friends about it or they could, but it's like, Hey, this is a fantastic show. Well, can I try it out? Well, yeah, you got to sign up, you know, and pay this much money. Okay. Well, I've already got four or five shows that I, that I listen to that I really love. Uh, and, and really the reason, the reason I am a paid med, uh, member for dithering is that I've already been a huge fan of Ben Thompson's Stratechery podcast, mm-hmm. uh, exponent. Not, I don't think it's Stratechery, but anyways, his, his podcast, I've been, I've been a listener for, you know, for three, four, how long has it been around? A long time. And I've loved everything he's put out. And, um, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's something to, to, to keep in mind. I just, I, so there's, you know, there's two questions I love. And so I'm going to ask you both of them, just get, get like a quick overview for people who maybe haven't heard you talk about this before. But there's two questions that come up over and over again in podcasting. And the first one is, how do I grow my audience? And the second one is, how do I make money from this? So let's start with the, uh, let's start with the, uh, with the audience growth, like just in a, you know, three bullet points on, uh, what you, what you've seen be effective for audience growth for a podcaster. Number one, biggest thing, best, most effective way to grow your podcast audience is with video. And what I mean by that is not a video that promotes your podcast, but film yourself recording the podcast and then chop that video up into clips for social media. That just significantly increases discoverability and shareability of your podcast. Because podcasts, like their their greatest strength is also their greatest weakness. It's mm-hmm. it's the ability to go super in-depth. A lot of people who listen to podcasts actually listen to the whole thing, 30 minutes, 60 minutes. It's incredible, you know, compared to three to six seconds of attention on social media. But that that long form audio is so impenetrable. It's it's so it's so difficult to find good moments and scrub through and search, you know, and and, and share those things. Like it's it's just really difficult to do. And for the most part, even even people who make like audiograms or you know like the overcast share or like headliner, you know, um mm-hmm. It's it's just not as engaging as seeing a human face when it comes to like sales pages and landing page design. People know like okay, yes, you look at the largest text first, you look at the headline first, then you go down. But before you even look at the largest headline on a page, if there's a person, you look at their face. We're, that's just mm-hmm. how we're we're wired is to look at other human faces. And so on social media. You'll notice even Instagram posts, if if you follow people and they post a photo of themselves as opposed to like a quote graphic or a smoothie or whatever, it, it performs really well because we connect with humans. And so, the, yes, there's tools to turn audio podcasts into quote unquote video clips with a little animated waveform and stuff, but mm-hmm. it, it just pales in comparison to actually seeing your face. And so if you film yourself, recording your podcast, then you can find those great moments, clip out 60 seconds here, and you can put it on a bunch of different platforms. You can't do that with audio. If you have a wave file, it, you can't do much with that on Instagram. You can't do much with a wave file on YouTube or on LinkedIn. Do people put a static cover art, you know, and make a YouTube video of a podcast? Yes. 
But you look at those video podcasts, like, you know, you, you think of like Joe Rogan, you can see him. When you think of Joe Rogan's podcast, you visualize it because mm-hmm. it's on video. And then there's the, the Joe Rogan clips channel, right? Which is, which is just millions of people watching those things because it's clips. It's, it's super easy. Oh, there's a three hour Joe Rogan, Elon Musk interview. Well, actually, I would probably watch that. But <laughs> if it's a random person, then it's like, ah, you know, I don't have time for that episode. But you see a two-minute clip, a six-minute clip. Yeah, I think I'll check that out. So it, I know it's extra work, but it's less work than you think. Literally, like, don't overthink this. Just set up your phone on a tripod. Oh, you don't have a tripod? Okay, make a stack of books and lean it against the books on your desk and just film yourself recording your podcast. I'm not even saying you have to publish it. If, if you don't want to, you don't have to, but then you have it because you can't go back and recreate it. If you have it, then, okay, you want to delete it, fine, but at least you have it. At least you made it. You recorded it when it happened. Now you can turn that into clips, post it on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, all of those point to your podcast. They're interested in the clip. You know what? I think I will go listen to this full thing. There's there's been a lot of discussion in the in the podcasting community about what is considered a podcast or not, and uh, you know I'm I posted a few weeks before our conversation about this, and and before Joe Rogan announced that his show was moving exclusively to Spotify uh, from from YouTube, and the idea being kind of that like there's this old guard of podcasters who say. You know, if there's not an RSS feed, then it's not a podcast. Uh, and and to some extent, I, I agree with them. But my my thinking has kind of evolved a little bit. And my thought now is that the word podcast for more and more people, especially people getting into it, it's now it's now describing a type of show, which is you know people having conversations like this one or people kind of doing a uh, uh, like a presentation like a, a John Oliver type show that you might they might see on video so I'm, I'm starting to think that like even if the show is only on YouTube it, it could still be called a podcast it could be, still be considered a podcast even if it doesn't have an RSS feed do you agree disagree or what are your thoughts around that I definitely understand where you're coming from and, and I would I would actually agree that that is how Increasingly, more and more people, especially especially people new to podcasts, uh, think about podcasts. They just think, hey, two people having a conversation, it's recorded. Sometimes it's video. Some people post their podcasts on YouTube. Some people post their podcasts on Instagram or Spotify or Luminary or their own website. And sometimes they submit it to Apple Podcasts or maybe they don't. Maybe it's on Google Podcasts. Maybe it's on Stitcher. I agree that most people are coming to think of podcasts in that way, and it makes a lot of sense. I think the problem that, like you said, the old guard, you know, the problem that some people have with uh, that classification is maybe we could use an analogy. Let's say, um, you know, we all have a pretty good idea of what a blog is. Mm-hmm. You can make a WordPress website. You could you could literally put HTML files on your own web host and, you know, run your own custom made blog. You could, um, you could set up something on medium, you know, there's all these ways you could do a blog, but what if Facebook decided, you know what, we're going to, we're going to like own the concept of blogging. So we're, we're just going to, we're going to basically buy out big blogs and we're going to market and like, 
we're, we're, we're going to make this big push, this big campaign to make blogs synonymous with Facebook posts. And so everyone starts posting on Facebook. They're posting their blogs on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You, you can't get them in an RSS feed. You can't get them, you know, in these uh, other places. It's not open, right? It's not an open protocol, an open standard. And so then eventually in this analogy, Facebook basically owns like the word and the concept and the the mind space of blog. Blog equals I go to Facebook and scroll on my feed. Hmm. The issue is we we lose something collectively. We most of the web is actually we we have already lost a lot of things to these really right. big companies who have these closed platforms. And once it's in the the minds of the collective that blog equals Facebook. That's not really true because it's an analogy, but what is becoming increasingly true and what I think a lot of podcasters will be surprised to witness happen very rapidly. I think in the next three to five years, if this continues to be successful, most people, because you have to remember, most people don't listen to podcasts. A lot Mm -hmm. of people do, but most people don't. As, As the majority of people come to listen to podcasts, eventually the majority of people who do listen to podcasts will think of podcasts as synonymous with Spotify. They mm-hmm. will th- just like Netflix at one time kind of had a monopoly on, you know, online video streaming, you know, we would Netflix and chill, right? It just becomes a part of the, the common no- nomenclature, uh, just mm-hmm. like a uh, bandaid and Kleenex, you know, those are, those are brand names, but they kind of got, they co- got co-opted. Uh, eventually people could come to think of, podcasts as synonymous with Spotify. And and you take the case of Joe Rogan. They have this exclusive deal where you have to listen to Joe Rogan on Spotify. Like when this actually kicks in, I think in September or whatever, I, I don't actually use Spotify. I don't have an account. I use Apple Music. I'm maybe mm-hmm. in the minority. I realize a lot of people do. And so a lot of people who, who are already in that uh, ecosystem, like what's the big deal? You know, Spotify is, uh, you know, they don't even think about it because they have it. But it's it's a really smart move on Spotify's part to, uh, like, for people who really want to listen to this show, you're going to have to come to Spotify. And then once you're there, eh, yeah, sure, of course, I'll listen to my other podcasts here. It's just convenient. But they, they start to tighten that uh, grip on what was otherwise an open standard. And um, that's that's what the issue I think a lot of people have with it. Yeah. And, it, and that all makes sense. Um, I guess I'm... And 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 time will tell if I'm if I'm right or wrong about this, but I just don't I just don't see them being able to completely control that, you know, to 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 have everyone think podcasts are on Spotify because but Spotify I just, is I just, mu- Spotify is to music right now as Amazon was to books a couple decades ago. Nobody saw it. That's my argument. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I can't I, and I can't disagree with that. Uh, you're right. Like it, it, when you when you talk about streaming music, where do you go to to stream music online? I feel like most people will say Spotify, maybe Apple Pod Apple Podcasts if they're you know if they're Apple fans or or YouTube. Uh, so maybe something like that could happen with with podcasts. I just I feel like because because the podcast ecosystem is so diverse and so like there's so many different types of shows and so many different places that you can listen i just feel like everyone that's the current audience of podcasting understand that uh you should be able to get a podcast anywhere 
Yeah, so but, it's, but it isn't, it's weird isn't it only if you're 30%? only able to get one. Is it only 30% of uh, Americans listen to podcasts right now, somewhere around there? If say eventually, right. eventually, let's say we get to 80 or 85%. Well, that's another 50%. Right. So that difference right there, if Spotify is, is well positioned uh, for that, that 50% growth, and the majority of that 50% associate podcasts synonymously with Spotify, then they eventually have that, that majority. And, and it starts to swing. Like when Amazon started selling things uh, other than books, you know, you, you could kind of say the same thing. Like, you know, everyone knows you can just go to businesses, websites and buy things online. That's the beauty of e-commerce. Anyone right. can sell things online. But very quickly, like it, it got to the point where now we've literally got like Amazon. And surprisingly, I don't know who's, who's I, I buy stuff from Amazon. Like I'll admit it. Uh, but apparently Walmart is like a close second. They actually do right. an insane amount of online e-commerce. But I I don't know what the what the makeup is, but Amazon and Walmart sell the vast majority of all e-commerce sales online. Right. And so if you want to achieve any kind of success in that space, then you have to play by their rules. Right. Which is what you're saying, and I think a lot of other folks are saying could happen with Spotify. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't argue with that. It makes sense. Guess, guess, guess we'll see. Okay. So we were, before that side note, we were talking about audience growth and I love, I love your answer because a lot of the other ones, I think people have probably heard before, you know, produce, produce something great. I saw a graphic, but, uh, yeah, it was Ben Thompson shared one in, in one of his podcast episodes or one of his blog posts recently where I was like, uh, imagine a baseline, a horizontal line. And that's your topic, right? You got to pick your topic. Now, to be successful in the thing that you're doing, content, podcasting, for example, uh, you have to, you have to, you have to reach a very high bar of quality to to stand out, to be successful. You just you have to make a really high quality show. So it starts with like pick your pick your topic, pick your domain, and then be the best in it. And so that like that's the starting point. And then from there, you got, you know, you do interviews, you promote your show on social media, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about podcast monetization. What have you seen be effective in terms of, you know, let's say someone starts a podcast, they're thinking about what are ways I can make money with this? Yeah. So um, before I before I share thoughts on monetization, I'm really glad you brought up what you just did, because earlier when you asked about, you know, what do I see working for growing podcasts, I jumped straight to the tactic of right. video, which it, it, it's true. It really does. It really does work. But you want to you want to multiply what is already working. You don't want to use mm-hmm. tactics in isolation. And so I, the way I think of it is very similar to what you just described. Um kind of there's I see four keys to growing an audience. Number mm-hmm. one is is curation. And that's meaning like pick something very selective that you're going to put out. You know, d- don't put out everything about every topic. Pick your lane, pick your specific um, niche and stick to that because that's going to give people a really clear idea of what you're about. It's like when they subscribe to a magazine they they want more of the same, right? They want to know what to expect and that's why they subscribe. And the same happens for your podcast. Same happens for your Instagram or your Twitter feed. If it's uh if if it seems like you've got a theme or a specific focus, 
people are going to be more likely to follow along because they want more of the same. So that's curation. Number two is consistency. So you can get specific, but if you only show up a couple times here and then three months later you do another one, that's going to hurt your ability to grow. So what I would recommend is try and do something on a weekly basis. That's going to be really strong for a podcast. And then third is quality. Quality is kind of split into two. You've got like the audio quality, which production quality is absolutely important. Like Aaron said earlier, do the best you can with what you have. Get the best microphone you can afford. Don't break the bank, but do the best you can, right? Make it sound as nice as you're able to. Uh, But the other part of quality is the relevance to your audience. So you've, you've picked this specific focus, this certain audience you want to serve. What is it that they're interested in? That's not to say you can't tell stories about what you're doing, but you want to keep in mind the audience is constantly asking themselves, what's in it for me? So what's going mm-hmm. through their mind? What are what are some of the struggles they have you could help them with? What are some of the goals they have that you can help them achieve? And if you, if you focus your topics on that, it's going to do really well. And the, the last one, the fourth and final key to growing your audience is time. Even if you nail the first three, you got your specific focus, you're showing up consistently and delivering a high quality show. Even if you're doing all the right things, it's going to take time. So you've got to be patient. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. Okay, so that was just quick on audience stuff, but monetization. Yeah. So um, you got to think of podcasts as a marketing channel. So th- there was an era, I think you probably remember this, Aaron, kind of before podcasts were really starting to gain traction, there were a lot of people making a living with a blog. Remember that? Yes. Like the, the, you know, now we have, now we have YouTubers or Instagram influencers or podcasters, but early on it was, it was blogs and people had ads or they had, you know, sponsored posts and they, you know, they were actually making a living sometimes just affiliate links and stuff. And so a lot of people are like, Ooh, I want to make a living as a blogger. Mm -hmm. And after this first wave, then, then you, you've got, um, just millions and millions and millions of blogs and it starts to get kind of watered down there's not you know maybe one percent of people or less are actually making a living from their blog itself like if you think of the blog as the thing but there's there's actually a ton of people who are making a living from from a service or a product or educational resources that people can buy who happen to have a blog. So they're Mm -hmm. not thinking of the blog as how they make their living. They're not thinking of the blog as the product. They're thinking of it as a marketing channel. And this is the approach I recommend as well for podcasts. I, I I would encourage you to think of your podcast not as the thing or the product necessarily, but as a marketing channel, because you can have a really small audience and still make a great living. You could have an audience that doesn't even have a comma in it. You know, you've got a couple hundred people, maybe a <laughs> few dozen people, and you mm-hmm. could make a great five, six plus figure living if if what you sell is, uh, let's say, some kind of a service or coaching, or consulting, or products, or, right, like something else that you actually monetize on the back end. So the podcast is serving as this front end way for you to get 
new leads to grow your audience, but it's it's only as a way of introducing people to you, building their relationship with you, establishing trust with you that ultimately leads to business of some kind. That's not to say you can't directly monetize a podcast because plenty of people do. They have sponsors and advertisers or they do like a Patreon, you know, a membership level. You can totally do that. Here's the thing though. Unless you have a massive audience, you're going to have a hard time making a living from directly monetizing your podcast. That's simply because it's just a a, a numbers thing. It's just mm-hmm. a scale thing. If you have a $5 uh, Patreon level for your podcast, well, you're going to need a lot of people paying you $5 a month just to pay your bills, let alone to hire an assistant or a producer or grow your team, right? And if if you need hundreds or thousands of patrons, let's say, paying you $5 a month, well, you got to realize that conversion rate is going to be maybe 1%, maybe 2%, which means you need hundreds of thousands of downloads. So this is the scale issue I'm talking about if you want to be uh, you want to have something that's financially sustainable. So just kind of recapping that, I would encourage you to think of your podcast as a marketing channel, as a way to build a relationship with your audience that leads to business of some other kind, some other kind of product or service or course or membership or something that you sell on the back end. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think what I see what I see most often is people who are who are starting podcasts who don't have any previous uh, experience or haven't put any previous work to grow an audience, uh, establish a name for themselves in some way. People that, you know, think, well, podcasting sounds fun, uh, so let's start a podcast. And then they start, you know, they start asking those those two questions right away. Um, you know, how do I, well, how do I make money from this? Uh, you know, oh, you got to have a large audience. Well, how do I grow a large audience? Well, you haven't, uh, you know, you got to, like Sean says, the four keys to grow in the audience, you have to, you have to produce, you have to do it for a long time. You got to, you got to have something that's great quality. You have to pick a, pick a niche. You have to pick a, uh, pick a topic and all that stuff, all that stuff takes time to, to learn and develop. And, um, yeah, but, but it seems like the question comes from a, a lot from people who just kind of say, well, you know, I just, I, w- I want to podcast about whatever I want to talk about or whatever I feel like talking about this week, or just going to get together with some friends to, to talk about, you know, whatever. And, uh, unfortunately it just, it seems like that that's a really hard road, um, for people to be successful at. Yeah. I know it sounds boring, but like, I just, I really just want to help people. Like I want to help people with the practical way that will work. Not, not the like roll the dice and hope you get lucky way. You know, yeah. I, I started a YouTube channel, um, well, I have like three or four, but like kind of the primary one back in 2014, I think I've published five or 600 videos on that channel and I've got 11,000 subscribers. Now, yeah. if you've never recorded a video, if you've never published a video, that might just all sound like numbers. If you have published a YouTube video, then you know exactly how much work this takes. And and I want you to imagine publishing 500 videos on a YouTube channel over the course of six years. To me, Aaron, I kind of felt like this. Okay. I don't, I don't want to be ungrateful for 11,000 subscribers like that. That is not something to, to shake a stick at, but gosh, six years, five, Mm -hmm. 600 videos. That was a lot of work. And I kind of expected like, 
I mean, surely it would be a bigger audience than that. You know, that's that's a, a lot of your life to spend. And I certainly I wasn't making mm. a living from my YouTube. But, you know, especially a lot of younger people these days, you know, you ask them what they want to be when they grow up and they say, I want to be a YouTuber. Yeah. And, and it makes sense. Who wouldn't want a cool studio with rainbow LEDs and like you just get to show up and make videos and make a bunch of money each month like sounds awesome the thing is if you actually look at the list of people like you can actually find lists of the top youtubers and what they make and you would you would be shocked at how quickly like yeah the top people they make millions of dollars then these people make fewer millions these people make a million these people make hundreds of thousands then you're down to you know lower and lower and lower and and very quickly like once you get out of that top, I think, 10th of a percent, maybe 20th of a percent, it's not even like a living. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to like win the lottery. And I'm telling you, f- from the perspective of someone who did the hard work for six years and made 500 videos, I don't make a living from the YouTube channel. So I would, again, encourage you, think of think of the content you're putting out as a marketing channel, because what I what I have made is uh, currently we don't make seven figures a year, but over the years we have made millions of dollars. We have like mm-hmm. a mid six figure business, but I don't need millions of subscribers to be able to do that because I'm I'm treating all of these as acquisition channels, and then we have an actual way to do business with people. So that that's my biggest takeaway is you need to think of this as a business. You know, you need to think of yourself as a business owner and you're going to have a much easier time making a living, getting to financial s- stability by actually making a business. What is it that I sell? Do I want to make a product? Do I want to create a course or sell a book? Do I want to consult with people, you know, sell coaching calls or, you know, teach or provide a service. Maybe I will edit your podcast for you. Maybe I'll produce your videos. Maybe I'll do your copywriting or your email marketing. What is the service I want to provide? Treat this as a business and then use your podcast as a way to generate interest for the service that you have. And maybe this can kind of segue a little bit, Aaron, into, I think we had chat a little bit about this new service offering that we had put out and how podcasts and social media have got new clients for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was going to ask you: Are you referring to uh, Sean West Media? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so one of the questions I, I put in our show note outline was, uh, "What's one thing you're excited about right now?" And then I went ahead and put in parentheses, "How about that new Sean West Media?" Because I see this thing you're, that you're doing. Tell me a little bit more about this and and uh, what it is and and where the idea came from. Yeah. So, um, in in my book Overlap, which is free to read at overlapbook.com, it's all about someone who's in a full-time job and you want to start a business on the side, how do you do that at the same time? And then how do you make the transition and going going full-time? So that that's free to read and overlap. I talk about the trifecta. These are the three ways you can, you can make a living. You can make money from whatever it is you're passionate about, from podcasting to filmmaking to photography, whatever. And that is client work. So this is doing services for clients, actually doing work for them. Think of it like mowing the lawn. That is a service. Mm -hmm. Editing podcasts, that's a service. The second one is products. So this could be physical products. Maybe you sell mugs or t-shirts, or it could be digital products. You have an ebook or you have a PDF guide. Uh, And then finally, you've got teaching. This could be 
coaching, this could be presentations, this could be uh, paid webinars, this could be online courses, right? So you've got client work, products, and teaching. And, you know, I've had all of these, but more recently in the past several years, we haven't really had a client services arm of our business. And I really like to kind of get to a place where I'm working all three aspects of the trifecta. So I've Mm -hmm. wanted to do something client services related, but I was kind of overwhelmed. What, what could I provide as a service? Uh, Actually, I was overwhelmed in a different sense. I have so many things I could provide as a service. (laughs) Which one do I do? And because I could do so many things and my team could, it, it was actually really difficult to narrow down, but you have to narrow down. Otherwise, people just get overwhelmed. Hey, I can do, I can make a website for you or do your email marketing or your copywriting or make a landing page. They're just like, whoa, uh, I don't know what to do with that. Whereas you meet someone who says, I am the best wedding photographer you've ever met. It's like, well, okay, when I get married, I'm, I'm contacting you. When you get specific, it's just easier to, uh, to land the business. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to take what we already do for ourselves and provide it as a service to other people. What do we do for ourselves? Well, I was doing this podcast for six, seven years, filming myself, and I developed this proprietary method for finding the best clippable moments from that long-form show and turning it into uh, videos for social media. So the service we provide is called the Daily Content Machine, and we turn your weekly show into daily content for the big five platforms, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube. Imagine you show up once a week, you press record, and then you're done. From that, you are able to post 150 videos to social media per month. We handle all of that for you. So this is the service that I came up with, and I came up with it based on conversations that I had with people, and it looked Mm -hmm. like this was something they were interested in, and it was something we were really good at. And so before I even announced it publicly, we already had a bunch of clients. I, I was actually holding back from announcing it because I wanted to make sure we had the capacity to, to actually deliver on the service. Right. And so yeah. it seemed like we're, we're, really, we're really striking a nerve here. Like this is mm-hmm. actually something people want. And, and compared to other times in my past where I've made something I wanted and then I've gone out and tried to find people who would buy it, that's so right. much more difficult than starting with what people already want and just selling that to them. Well, and if, uh, so, so that's fantastic. The website is just seanwestmedia.com. Yeah. That's got a video there that you can see, like, how does this whole daily content machine work? How do I just show up once a week and press record on my show? And then you turn it into all of these clips and you write the catchy titles and it's got the animated progress bar and you remove all of my filler words, the ums, the uhs, the likes, you knows, and all the dead air. And you make a tight, punchy, one minute, two minute social media clip that can go on all the places and it, it people can read because it's got the captions that are edited by a human, even if they don't have their volume on. How does this all work? We've got an overview video at seanwestmedia.com. Yeah, it's it it is it is wild that you just launched this now because this has been something I've been thinking about uh, for for a few weeks and months as well. It's like I'm gonna be honest, I don't think I'm good at social media. Like, I, <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> okay, let me let me back up. Let me back up. I'm uh, there's there's ways that I'm good at it, right? Like I'm I'm authentic. I'm personable. I talk to people. I listen to people. I try to provide value, but. 
I get sucked into rabbit holes. I get, I get, I get sucked into, I'm, I'm a fast reader so I can absorb and intake all this information, but it's like binging at a, at a buffet and it's been messing me up. Like it Mm. has been messing up my head. I haven't been able to focus. I haven't been able to write. Like I'm just, I'm, uh, there's a, there's a phrase people have been using, which is doom scrolling, which is just like scrolling down and watching all the terrible things happening in the world. And like, I'm also, I'm also an empathetic person. So I, like, I, I internalize all this pain that I'm seeing. Mm. And, 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 and so I've had this thought is like, I need, I need to turn this over to somebody else who just posts stuff that is, is related to my business and related to people who want to start podcasts or who want to get better at podcasting. Like, that's what, that's what I'm about. That's what I say I'm about. And yet, like, I'm spending, I don't know, 15, 20 hours a week, like, just reading all these opinions and, and people yelling at each other and, and terrible headlines. Just like, why am I wasting all this time in, instead of doing things that I know could actually be having an impact on my life and other people's lives as well? Uh, exactly what you're saying, like record a podcast episode, produce some content and then break that into multiple pieces to post on Facebook, to post on LinkedIn, to post on, uh, I forget all the ones that you list out, but to post on the, the big platforms. Uh, I, I really need someone to do that because I'm not good at it. I'm, or I'm just not doing it right now. Uh, so it's, it's, yeah, it is. I think it is really something something that people want and need, and uh, and for the right person, absolutely valuable. And and that is something you are good at, and uh, that so that's really cool. I'm just yeah, I'm excited for you. I think that I think it's going to work out really well. Thanks, and I'm, man. And I'm assuming, and I'm assuming that like you've got all the processes and instructions and stuff <laughs> in place, so that as you get more clients you can just onboard more people to fill the roles as necessary. I don't know if you saw, but I shared um, uh, on Twitter a video of me scrolling through our process, and there's 1,336 tasks to produce (laughs) one week of content for a client from their show. (laughs) I love that you... Yeah, I think I probably did see that. I was like, yeah, that's that's totally something Sean would do. (laughs) A thousand... Uh, you don't well, want to. You don't awesome. want to do that. I guarantee you. Don't you don't want to do it. I don't want to do that. I want to like. I want to. Um. I don't know. I want to. Yeah. I want to record. I want to record and talk to people and try to think about the important questions and and answer them. You know, man, life just gets so easy if you can figure out how to kind of navigate down the the lanes d- down the the streams. You know, the water's flowing in one direction down mm-hmm. down the the current of what people already want like when it comes to promoting your show what what do you want well you want to promote your podcast you you want people you want to grow your listener base makes a lot of sense what do other people want they just want to scroll on social media they don't want to stop scrolling and go listen to your podcast they don't care about your podcast they just care about them they just care about what they want to do and so rather like you're you're going against the flow you're a fish trying to swim upstream when you post on instagram or twitter and like hey go listen to my podcast nobody wants to listen to your podcast unfortunately like (laughs) i mean i do i i'm your friend but (laughs) everyone else everyone else (laughs) doesn't what you're saying yeah you you've got to you've got to kind of go where they are go where they Mm -hmm. they already want to be and give them something of value and that's why filming yourself on podcasts is so great. Making these little uh, video clips with captions and stuff. Is it, is it a lot of work? Yes, it is. But if you give that to people, 
And, and I would say even adjust your mindset. The goal, I know your goal is I want to grow my podcast, but you got to kind of reframe it a little bit. Don't think so much in terms of like, I want this person to subscribe to my podcast, subscribe to my podcast. Instead, take a step back. Why do you want them to listen to your podcast? Well, because I have good things to say and I want them to hear these good things. And if they hear these good things, it'll make their life better. It's like, okay, all right, understood. But is there a way we can accomplish that same end goal that maybe doesn't even involve listening to a podcast? Believe it or not, there are people who, for whatever reason, they just don't listen to podcasts. It's not their thing, but they will scroll Instagram until their phone battery dies. Well, hey, you know what? Let's just, let's go down, let's float down that stream and follow the current of what they already want and deliver them nice bite-sized nuggets of, of valuable takeaways from your show in video clip form. And maybe for that person, the only way they ever consume that from you is in those video clips that you give them on Instagram. Like, Mm -hmm. are we bummed out that they never subscribe to the RSS feed and their podcast app? Yeah, a little bit of us dies. But (laughs) like, they're actually going to hear what you have to say. And I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. Well, it's like, are you, are you trying to get them to subscribe to an RSS feed so that you can see more download numbers? Or are you trying to help them or, or achieve some kind of goal? Like, exactly. What, what is, what is your end? And that's such a, that's such a great point to make. And, and, you know, something I forget personally sometimes. Well, Sean, this has been, uh, incredibly helpful and in, incredibly insightful. And I, I just want to say, I, I really appreciate you know, all the conversations we've had over the years and all the times we've spent together. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry it took so long for, for me to have you back on my show, but, uh, this has been, this has been really great. If people want to follow you, they should go to seanwest.com, S E A, uh, S E A N W E S.com. And I believe you're also just Sean West everywhere else, right? Yes, exactly. And, uh, if you want to kind of follow my current journey of, a recovering workaholic taking a sabbatical year. I've also got a little blog going at sabbatical.blog. Sabbatical.blog. And I'll include links to all this stuff in the show notes for the episode, which you can find at podcastdude.com. Sean McCabe, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. This was a blast, Aaron. Thank you for inviting me. It's always, always great to talk to you. And anytime, let me know. I'm there. Awesome. Yeah, that 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 was that was fantastic, man. That it's 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 so incredibly relevant to me right now and where I'm at in my journey. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm just eager so to hear things. how how the next the transition to the next season goes for you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I think, yeah, I I, I really I, so I've 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 identified that uh, I need a complete rework on how I approach and use social media, just like 
just the the way I've been doing it just yeah. has not been working. Um, and, uh, and then also just my, my time and attention and my focus in general, just like I have, I, I really feel like I'm trying to do too many things at once and I have to kind of have to sit down and, and identify, all right, what do I actually want to keep and focus on and work on, uh, long-term and what do I need to give up right now? Um, so well, this, I, yeah, this episode has been really helpful for that. I don't, I don't know what it's worth, but, uh, I believe in you. I, I would bet well, on Aaron Dowd and oh, you know, thanks, man. you're not alone in, uh, you know, going through these different seasons of like, you know, <laughs> who is me and what is, what is, <laughs> what is this world? And like, you know, there was a time where I used to wake up at three thirty and get things done. And like, you know, now everything's weird. Like you're not alone in that, but also like if there's anyone who, who could figure that out and, and, you know, find something that works. Like I, I believe that's you. Oh, thanks man. Yeah. I, I see. And I know like my, the way I've been living the past two years has not been, uh, this, the same way that I lived in, in 2016 when I was waking up at three thirty every day, <laughs> but I'm only, I'm only a few steps away from it. Like, yeah. like recently, recently I've been, I've been getting up, waking up at five and going to bed at nine. And that's like, that's not too that's far different. Incredible. Once I, once I get on the clarity and little, even it's, it's all in the little habits, right? Like Jane, James clear mm-hmm. what he's been talking about uh, and posting about like the whole zero day thing. That's such a good example. Like I, if I can get into the habit of spending 20 minutes e- each night uh, journaling and planning out the next day, then, then I'm, I'm, I'm it going in the right direction. I'm making progress in the right direction. And so just these little habits, you know, like get back so into true. running and biking uh, on a, on a schedule, you know, not just when I feel like it, but, uh, but being mm-hmm. intentional and planning, um, you know, s- deciding, deciding, and then sticking to it that I'm not just going to scroll social media feeds endlessly. I'm not just going to read news websites endlessly. Like there's, there's all these, uh, there's all these negative things that, that I want to stop doing, but I also have to have a clear, a clear understanding and vision of all the positive things that I do want to do. It's so, so true it's that it's like the a, small things that like the little things that, that build up. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've used this flossing example, but it's, it's, it's so true. Like I used to not floss consistently and I wanted to, and what I already did was brush my teeth when I wake up and before I go to bed. Cause I want to go to bed with, you know, a clean mouth. Like I like that fresh feel. So I already brush my teeth. That's a normal thing that I do. And I want to do that, but I didn't want to floss. And so what worked for me was just saying, I, I don't, I don't unlock the option to brush my teeth until I floss. So mm-hmm. I took something that was something I already did automatically. And in order to be able to do that thing that I wanted to do that I already did automatically, I had to do the thing that I didn't want to do. That was the new habit I wanted to build in order to unlock the next task. And that's, there's no app or whatever special hack. It's just, it's a pact Mm -hmm. with myself. And ever since I did that, you know, that was probably three, 400 days ago, you know, I, I've flossed. And what's funny is like, I use flossing as like my example, but it's the same thing with Lacey. Like sh- she was like not, w- not wanting to floss and, you know, just kind of skipping it. And I said, you know, I told her about the brushing the teeth thing, but she said, oh, sometimes I don't even want to do that. And I said, okay, yeah. what is a thing that you 
already do, that you want to do, that you do automatically. And she said, well, I always wash my face. I like to wash my face before I go to bed. I said, okay, so that's your unlock. To unlock the ability to wash your face, you have to brush, you have to floss your teeth. And she said, okay. And it's been like four or five days and she's like, it's working. Yep. Yeah. And little, you know, little things like that. And the other thing, the other thing, thing I think is complicating it is that we have all these different areas in our life that we want to, that we want to be the best at, right? Like we, we, we want to optimize and like, and, and, and I feel we're really high achievers. And so we're, we're constantly evaluating all these different things. And that's just like, it's hard to keep up that level of uh, performance might not be the right word, but I hope you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. We are, we have access to so much information and, and so many possibilities that it's hard to, 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 to get, you know, grow, grow, a grow a business, let's say grow, like get to the, this, five figures, six figures, six figures, seven figures business. Like that's a goal we're doing. Okay. We also want to be in great health. That's another goal that we're doing. We want to have great relationships. That's another goal. I think uh, the burner analogy might, might come into play here. You know, so it's like, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to optimize all these different things at the same time. And, and, you know, so it's, it's patience, but you know, how much better off are we, or are we better off? Maybe it's up for debate, but I I just, I, I feel like, I feel like we can we can reach a, a quality standard of living that is so much higher than somebody fifty or sixty years ago could have mm-hmm. achieved, just because of the 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 access to information and ideas that we have. I I was very much uh, I had like a distorted view of success, and it was purely monetary. It was just oh, yeah. like financial, you know, success. I didn't think about relationships or health or all these other things, which of course I had the luxury of being ignorant in my twenties. And so, you know, it was like, I want to make a bunch of money. You know, uh, I want to avoid being in, in debt, which was something that I experienced, uh, growing up. So I had this kind of distorted view and I never understood why other people talked about this kind of holistic version of success where you have good relationships and good routines and healthy body and, and all this stuff. I was like, who cares? It's it's about the money, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was one quote. I, I you could probably find it, um, but I can't remember who it's attributed to. That that this one quote, and it's probably the timing of things, you know, as, as it often is, that completely shook me. That changed my perspective on on it completely. And it was uh, it was from someone successful, and I can't remember their name, but they said, "My I'm paraphrasing, but like my." level of success has rarely exceeded my level of physical health. Hmm. Or it might've been my personal development has rarely succeeded, uh, my physical health or success or something like that. But I was like, yeah, for some reason that just immediately put it into perspective for me that it all begins with the routines and the physical habits, like the, the, you know, the working out or even just start by going on a walk every day, you know, like, like for me, the Apple watch rings, like that's, it's just, that's my like one thing I've chosen to define success by like the day is a success. If I close my Apple watch rings, everything else, whatever else happens, it happens. But what I've found is that my day is often more productive. I feel better. I'm happier. I get more done 
if I think in terms of prioritizing my physical health. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Kyle, Kyle was talking about that in this new podcast. The, the, the takeaway that I got was like strong body, strong mind. Yeah. So it like, if, if you want to be productive, if you want to be effective, if you want to be successful, you have to, you have to prioritize your, your health. And I think it's absolutely right. Everything else kind of flows down, downhill from that. I, I, I think about the times that I've been happiest, most productive, um, you just were overall well balanced. Doing all kinds it was of when stuff. I was, it was when I was prioritizing exercise every single day, you mm-hmm. know, um, running and, and basically doing the Ironman training, which I started up again this week. I pulled out the old training chart and I was like, all right, Tuesdays, oh, wow. Wednesdays. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, like, I, uh, I, Ran my first marathon. We didn't talk weeks ago. about that. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> how, yeah. How? So did it? Did it end up being painful? I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it was tough because they obviously canceled the marathon, um, oh, yeah. and I had to do it self-supported. Um, but I, but I finished it, so I was, I was proud. That's incredible, man. That's a. I, I mean, I, d- I did. Uh, these days, and I got to work on it, but these days I run like six miles and my, you know, my hip starts hurting. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. How do people do 25 or what is it? 26, yeah. 30? What is Tw- it? 26.2. And I got to tell 26.2. you that, that point two, it's, it's no joke. <laughs> <laughs> you get to, you get to, you get to 25.8 and you're just like, God. <laughs> oh yeah. The last mile was like, felt like two hours. Yeah. Ooh. But but you did it, and now you know that you can do it. So yep. uh, what are you are you going to aim any higher? Have you thought about a triathlon? <laughs> I definitely have. Honestly, I think yeah. the the way I was able to run a marathon so relatively easy, and that's it's it was definitely Air hard. Quotes easy, <laughs> yeah. But but like, uh, yeah, it, it's probably because all I do is like watch ultra running, trail running documentaries of like hundred milers and stuff. So I'm like I'm. I'm nothing, you know, 26 miles is nothing. So I just made it small in my mind. Yeah. Well, it's about, you know, it's, it's about just, just to me, I think it's just about being in the moment and where so many things just put yourself in that situation where it's like one foot in the, in front of the other, you know, here's another, here's another minute spent running or another minute spent podcasting or biking or writing. And, you Uh, know, having a buddy, put me to it he's like when are you gonna run a marathon and i'm like you know uh someday and he's like sign up right now uh and then he might have called me a a name uh and so i did (laughs) and then he held me to it and he also linked me to a training plan and it's just so great to just have a you know a grid a spreadsheet and it's like yeah day one you wake up looks like you're running 12 miles today buddy okay (laughs) here we go uh, at least I don't have to think about what I'm supposed to be doing. Exactly. Yeah, that's. I think that's kind of the trick. It's like, don't don't make yourself think about what you're mm-hmm. supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. and then you know, and then just commit to commit to the time that it's going to take to do that. Yeah. And you build up endurance over time. Man, this was great. <sighs> it was. It was. It was. It was really nice to catch up. Uh, are you cool if I include that as an after show? You can include any and all of this. Any of all perfect. 